0: Hey friends, it's TJ, the Weirdo with a Beardo, for Wings 93. Time for True Crime Tuesday. This week, we take a trip across the Atlantic Ocean to Scotland. The scene for True Crime Tuesday, episode number 54, The Monster Butler. Our story begins with the birth of Archibald Thompson Hall, June 17, 1924, in Glasgow, Scotland. To young parents, mother Mary and father Archibald Sr., a military man, and a self-proclaimed preacher. The two were young lovers who were surprised when Mary became pregnant, which prompted a swift shotgun wedding, since having children out of wedlock was strictly taboo for the time period. Now, growing up in a military family meant that moving around a lot, and that was tough for young Archie. He didn't like his parents much, and he didn't like his name, and didn't like the fact that he was named after his father. So young Archie began referring to himself as Roy. Roy became a troublesome teenager, getting caught up in the wrong side of the law beginning at an early age of 13, when he was charged with theft and malicious mischief. Roy's father, Archibald, chalked up the boys' behavior to bad influences from the other boys at school. But Roy's behavior didn't improve as time went on. In fact, Roy would often skip school to attend concerts and other art performances, noticing how the audience swooned over the performers. And he became fascinated with being the center of attention although Roy himself was a loner and didn't have many friends to speak of. By the time Roy Hall was 17, he had already served his first prison sentence, 60 days for stealing from a house, and was sent to a psychiatric hospital for evaluation. The relationship between Roy and his father was strained after Archibald Sr. re-enlisted in the British Army in the early 1940s, which moved the family from their home in Scotland to Catterick, Yorkshire, England, an important turning point in the family's history. You see, as Roy's father was headed off to war to combat the Nazis, armed forces raided their family's home and found Nazi memorabilia in a makeshift shrine to Adolf Hitler in Roy's closet. Not surprisingly, the very next day, Archibald Sr. was told he was too old to serve in the army, and the family was unceremoniously forced to leave. It was during this time that Roy's mother Mary had an affair with another military officer and became pregnant, so their family returned home to Scotland, disgraced pregnant, and jobless. A few years later, when Roy was just 19, he served 30 days for theft and stealing wartime rations during World War II, and was once again sent to an asylum to be evaluated for his emotional state. This time, physicians noted he was apathetic and completely unemotional, saying he presented himself well but showed no remorse for his crimes and was completely without shame. The report went on to say that Roy, quote, had no moral sense and was a danger to society. Roy would be sent to asylum a total of three times, including one incident where he managed to escape, most likely with the help of his mother who had come to visit. But it was clear that Roy wanted out. Out of the asylum, out of custody, and out of his family. Because after being released from the asylum, Roy made friends with Ann Phillips, a divorced woman who was friends with his mother, Mary, who took him in to live with her. Anne lived in an upscale part of Glasgow's West End with a roommate, an escaped Polish freedom fighter named Captain Joukowsky. Roy and Captain Jacobski shared a room and a bed together, which led to Roy discovering that he was bisexual. And at that time, homosexuality was against the law in Scotland, but we'll come back to that later. Roy continued to dabble in various crimes, including stealing money from the local Red Cross collection tins. He would also call local real estate agents and ask to view properties in the rich neighborhoods in Glasgow, saying his parents were away in India, meanwhile casing the place, only to return later to steal items from the house, including fine jewelry and antiques, which he would later sell. Roy would then use some of that money from his thievery to relocate to London, England, where he tried to sell off some of his stolen property, gaining the attention of the local police, who caught him and once again sent him to jail. Roy used his time, though, in prison to educate himself about antiques, working diligently to lose his Scottish accent, working on his manners, grammar, and other personal improvements that would allow him to better blend in with members of Scotland's rich and powerful aristocracy, when he would later be released in 1952. While in prison, Roy's parents divorced, and his mother Mary, who began going by her new name, Marion, was working as a housekeeper at a local castle. After Roy was released from prison, Marion bargained with her employer to hire Roy as his driver, and later becoming a butler, moving up the ranks very quickly, hopping from one job to the next, and by various accounts, was very good at his job. Roy continued to reinvent himself, coming to terms with his homosexuality, and assuming the name Roy Fontaine, inspired by famous actress Joan Fontaine, as he continued to climb into London's gay high society. Now again, since homosexuality was illegal at the time, Many gay men were still married to women, and had to keep their sexuality a secret. So like Roy, they often secretly attended lavish parties and orgies with other members of London's elite gay community, with Roy even claiming he had slept with a number of very influential men, including famous playwrights and members of the aristocracy. And even though Archibald Hall might have been a petty thief from a small town in Scotland, Roy Fontaine, on the other hand, was an educated, well-spoken elitist from London, with a taste for fine jewelry and antiques, who charmed his way into becoming a butler to members of the Scottish upper class. Roy used his position as a butler in various homes to gain insight into the neighbors and their valuables, which he would later then gain employment and steal from his employers. Now, once there was the slightest chance that he might be found out, he would simply move on to the next house and the next job, before anyone realized anything was missing. And at this point, you might be wondering, is stealing from his employer the reason for calling Roy Hall the monster butler? My short answer is no. And the longer answer is darker, more sinister, and a more violent one. But we'll have to wait until next week when we dive into part two of True Crime Tuesday, episode number 54, the story of Roy Hall, the monster butler. We'll see you next week.